The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting from the Cruise Radio Studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. Thank you so much for being here. Check out our website at cruiseradio.net. On the show, we're going to review of a ship I've longed to sail, NCL's Pride of America. Yeah, based over in Honolulu, does seven-night round trips out of there. Amazing itinerary. We'll get a full review from Simon Vaness, editor-in-chief of World of Cruising magazine. But first, Stuart Shearer on the Cruise Guy is here. Hello, Stuart. Hey, Matt. Hey, Doug. Of course, the big Biggest news. Roll Tide Roll. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, you, you asked for it. What is the difference between Lucky Charms and Notre Dame? <laughs> Don't know. One belongs in a bowl, the other one doesn't. hey <laughs> Oh, is that awful? Carnival has cut a few ports, like Grand Cayman and Belize. They did. Uh, Carnival Breeze, uh, they, they're essentially going to be cutting uh, Grand Cayman out because the tender thing is just not working. And... Uh, yeah. Essentially, it was going to be one of the biggest ships calling at Grand Cayman. And, you know, so far with uh, the, the, the calls they've had, it's just not working out with so many passengers trying to get ashore from the ship that uh, it's just not working out. So they're going to cancel that. In Belize? Well, what's happening in, in Belize uh, is that you know, it, it's a 45-minute tender ride from the ship to shore. And what's happening is uh, they're having to cancel 10 calls in Belize essentially because of ship congestion. There's just too many ships carrying too many people, so, uh, and therefore it's just taking too long to get from uh, you know, ship to shore. So what they're going to be doing uh, on those 10 calls is replace it with uh, Costa Maya, and hopefully uh, in the meantime that uh, Belize will be able to get, uh, get it together uh, and essentially reduce the number of ships in port at any one time. And more with Carnival. Apparently, fishnets have damaged the Carnival Splendor in Mexico. What exactly happened? Well, uh, the ship on its uh, previous itinerary um, essentially got caught up into ship nets, which uh, impacted uh, or damaged uh, the ship's propulsion. So uh, what they're going to be doing on the uh, current uh, sailing uh, is they're going to be um, spending uh, two nights in Puerto Vallarta. I'm sorry, one night in Puerto Vallarta. You know, they're going to do an overnight uh, in order to uh, get the uh, ship repaired. And, uh, you know, if passengers had wanted to cancel for, you know, any reason, they, they could have uh, been given a full refund. But uh, my understanding is, you know, really no one really took advantage of it and, and sailed because the rest of the ship was functioning fine. It was just, you know, an extended period of time in, uh, in Puerto Vallarta. So, uh, you know, it's uh, certainly a different itinerary. And uh, they also got the day-long call in Cabo San Lucas. All right, they've done this many times before, but uh, NCL is making yet another attempt to go in public. Well, and it's interesting. You know, the big question that I've been getting is, is this the right time? And, you know, it reminds me of, you know, a question of, is this the right time to have a baby? So, you know, is it the best time? Well, you know, as far as the company, they, they're in a, the, their best financial state that they've been in uh, in probably the last 20 years. 
they're looking to sell to offer to the public uh, 23 and a half million shares. Uh, they're targeting a 16 to 18 dollar per share price, and uh, they're hoping to take the uh, the proceeds to pay down debt. So uh, essentially, what uh, you know is is happening is you know they're they're offering. I mean, it's not it's not like they're ta- they're going to be giving up a lot of the company right now. It's essentially owned by you know three companies. Um, so essentially, well, all they're really offering is uh, 11.8% of the company to the public. So it, it's it's not very much to the public, but uh, I think you know it's it's a, it's as good a time as ever. There's a lot of very positive things going on with NCL. You have Norwegian Breakaway this year, Getaway next year. So there's a lot of very positive news. Uh, Pride of America in Hawaii is doing exceptionally well, and it's going in for a, a very big uh, dry dock uh, refurbishment. Uh, where they're going to be adding cabins and doing a, a whole, you know, a whole uh, uh, redo of the ship. So that that should just help them make get even more, uh, you know, higher pricing for for the ship out in Hawaii. So now's as good a time as ever, I guess, for them. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens. And speaking of breakaway, there's a new ad campaign in New York. Well, they're going to be you know highlighting the you know that the ship is very New Yorkish with uh, all of the features. Uh, so essentially, uh, you can see their 30 second commercial as it uh, comes very close to the Statue of Liberty, as it does a drive-by on its way out to sea. But uh, it, in, on board, on the deck of the ship, the, the animation shows the skyline of New York. Uh, so, uh, I mean, they're really going to go after uh, the New York market. And this is New York ship. This, is, this ship is all about New York. Uh, so they're, they're very excited about that, and with the ship being based there. It will start in May doing the um, Florida Bahamas run, and, uh, as well as uh, uh, Bermuda. So uh, it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, a terrific ship. Uh, they're nice as ship to date, and um, very, very, very New Yorkish. And to embellish the excitement, they've added fi- nightly fireworks. Well, what they're doing is one night during the cruise, they're going to have fireworks, uh, similar to what Disney does on their four ships, where the environmentally friendly fire- fireworks will be launched from the deck of the ship to excite and please the passengers on board. We have a listener question from Twitter. We normally travel on Royal Caribbean brand ships. Do their ships ever go to Grand Turk? Well, unfortunately, Grand Turk was a port developed by Carnival Corporation, so Carnival's uh, uh, ships go there. So you could find it on you know, select itineraries on Carnival and Holland America. Uh, I think Princess may do it. Uh, Seaborn you know, does it on a couple, but uh, none of the Royal Caribbean uh, or celebrity uh, ships do visit Grand Turk. Thank you, Stuart. Pleasure and a very happy new year to you. This is Cruise Radio. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. 
It's not just a good idea to have travel insurance during the winter months or hurricane season. Every travel agent or travel expert we talk to says it is a very smart idea to always travel with travel insurance. That's why you should check the folks out at TripInsurance.com. They have exclusive products from the leading travel insurers that you won't find anywhere else. Yeah, they are the low-cost leader in travel insurance with savings up to 40% or more when you compare similar coverage from other sources. What plan do you want to go with? Good, better, or best? They have coverage in all three categories that make it easy to find the right insurance plan for your budget. You know what defines great customer service? Actually being able to talk to a human being, and they do that at TripInsurance.com. They are committed to great customer service with 24-7 telephone support before, during, and after your trip. You can also file claims online right on their website, and they keep you posted of any travel alerts that could affect your travels or safety at your destination. Check them out right now, TripInsurance.com. Stream us worldwide on our free iPhone app. Just search Cruise Radio Live in your app store. You know and love his articles in World of Cruising magazine. He is the editor-in-chief, Simon Vaness. Welcome to Cruise Radio, Simon. Hi there, guys. How are you doing? Good. Cheers, mate. Roy, all right. I promise I won't do my horrible British accent. Yeah, thank you. You were just on the uh, Norwegian Cruise Line's Pride of America, starting and finishing in Honolulu. And that was a pretty long haul for you, coming over from Florida to Honolulu. Did you get in early and maybe do a couple of uh, pre-cruise options? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that was that was a real key to, to getting maximum enjoyment from this particular cruise. We, we had, um, obviously, the, the flight to Florida from there is, is about... Um, Ten and a half to thirteen hours in total. Um, obviously, you can break it a number of different ways. We had an overnight first of all on the Friday night um, at a hotel in Waikiki, which was nice to get you know their feet on the ground kind of thing. And we had the cruise the next day, um, so with the seven days from there, and then we had another three nights back on Oahu to to sort of kind of slow down again and catch up and absorb the whole experience. Would you recommend spending more time before or after the cruise? In Hawaii, um, I, I would think after the cruise. I mean, it certainly worked very well for us. Um, we needed, I think, a couple of days to j- kind of chill out and relax at the end of it because there's a, there's a, so much to do and see during the cruise itself. Because you've got two days in each of the three main islands they visit, and there's a lot to pack into those two days. So you really feel like you're on the go um, pretty much for the whole week. Any hotels you recommend for uh, pre-cruise stays? We tried three in all, and we definitely recommend all of them for different reasons. The first one we stayed at was the modern Honolulu, which is right in the heart of Waikiki. So if you want to be right where all the action is in, in the most famous beach in the world with all the great shopping there, that was a good choice. We had um, a night at the Kahala Resort, which is way over the other side of Waikiki, very quiet, very secluded, very upmarket, very nice touch for staying there, and we finished with two nights at, at Disney's Aulani Resort, which was, if you like, the epitome of a, a real South Seas Hawaiian resort, and that was our real chill-out time. Very good. Uh, random fun fact, the Pride of America is the only major cruise ship that is U.S. flagged, registered in America, and it's homeported in Honolulu. Curious, how was the embarkation process? 
Um, well, for us, it was slightly unusual, and as much as we left it very late in the day, it didn't sail until 7, which is obviously quite late for a, a typical day sailing. So we didn't get there till about 5, 5.30, um, just so we could have as much time as we could in, in Waikiki and enjoying the, the area there. When we got there, we were pretty much the only ones in line, and you could tell they were pretty much getting ready to dismantle the, the embarkation process for the day. So our, uh-huh. our, our process couldn't have been a whole lot easier to be honest. Very nice. And what were your first impressions of the Pride of America? I've never been on it, but I picture a lot of red, white, and blue. Am I far off from that? Um, it's It's got the, the overt touches on the hull. You've got this very, very flashy um, stars and stripes insignia down the side of the hull. But inside, it's, it's a little bit more sophisticated and subtle than that. There are definitely some very um, overtly American touches in the stairwells and places like that. But the main atrium is very small scale for a big ship. Considering this is, you know, 80,000 tons, that's only a two-story, you know, main atrium, and you get a very small scale, but quite sophisticated feeling from this ship. I would have thought not just uh, America, but uh, Hawaii specifically, it would have those uh, accents and touches in the decor, lots of flowers and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, definitely. That's, That's what they set out to do. This is a real Hawaiian product and creation, you know, really from the from the, the, the moment you step aboard or even before that. So you they really do want to get you the the feel of Hawaii from, from minute one to the to the very last and they do that very well. Do you get laid when you step onto the ship? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are of course a joke for the whole week. That's yes, right. We got laid again. All right, Thank good. you very much. Good. So um, how are the public areas? Uh, very nice, very yeah. nice. Um, and again, you, you've got this far more small-scale feel for a, for a large ship with you know lots of, of, of lounges and bars, um, a very even flow through the two main interior decks. The, the funny thing is that the upper deck is quite different. I mean, obviously, the obvious pool deck area is the same as on most ships, but on deck 13 forward, you've got a very curious arrangement, which I think they're going to alter quite drastically in a, um, a refit that's scheduled for next spring. Um, and they're pretty much going to redevelop that area and put in at least one new restaurant, some new balcony cabins, and make the the upper deck slightly more homogenous than they are now. While we're talking about public areas, and uh, this may be a stupid question, but because it's a U.S. flagged ship and based in the U.S., does it actually have casinos on it? No, there's no No? casino on the ships. That's a really good question and definitely something for people to bear in mind. Um, It was something that they um, agreed um, with the islands because there's no casinos, no gambling on the islands, um, and because they wanted it to be a Hawaiian product, they agreed that there would be no casino on this ship. So the same as the Disney Cruise Line, you know, this is the you know a, ma- a major um, size cruise ship with no casino. Did you immediately grab something to eat? Did you kind of gravitate towards a, a, a bite before you got were able to get into your stateroom? <laughs> it's it's hard not to, isn't right. it? Um, I mean, funnily enough, we we were very fortunate to be upgraded to their concierge level. So. Virtually every time we went into the cabin, there was always something there for us to eat as well. Wow. So there's never any chance of going, you know, going hungry on board. How were the staterooms? Very pleasant, very pleasant. The one that, the one that we had was a, an extra large balcony that was twice the depth 
of the usual one, so that gave you an, an awful lot of space, um, you know, to be able to relax outside and have your own private deck space, which we liked a lot, especially first thing in the morning. Um, it meant that breakfast in the cabin was a real highlight. Um, the, the basic cabin itself was was perfectly serviceable, very comfortable, um, good, uh, certainly good uh, amount of closet space and that kind of thing for a week. Um, and as our, our other recent um, Norwegian cruise line experience was on the Epic, um, we were very pleased to see they have a very conventional bathroom layout. Yeah, your uh, bathroom on the Epic is pretty uh, pretty interesting. It's yeah, it's yeah. The interesting is probably not the term I'd use, and I don't think they're ever likely. To to repeat it. You, you, so you didn't like the bathroom. I liked it. Did you, did you like it, Matt? Was that the one with the glass, frosted glass door? <laughs> yeah, it was separated. On the to- you had the toilet area where it was this uh, sliding glass door. I didn't like that. And the curtain, right? Yeah. That separated the cabin from the bathroom area. I didn't like that at all. I prefer more privacy, especially if I'm I'm on the throne taking care of business. <laughs> I don't like everything reverberating at an extra loud volume. You you and the vast majority, I'm afraid, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Uh, let's go back to food for a second because I always say this, but it remains true. You can't talk about Norwegian unless you talk about food, and uh, they are known for their freestyle dining. Uh, what kind of dining options do they have on Pride of America? Well, you've actually got, um, when it comes to the evening dining, which most people will think about, you've actually got 11 different choices, which may seem a bit small compared to Epic, but is certainly plenty enough for a a week's cruise. Um, They've got the four um, uh, all-inclusive restaurants, two main restaurants, um, the uh, buffet restaurant, um, and then the 24-hour diner, um, which is is quite fun. It's called the Cadillac Diner. Um, And then you've got seven paid-for options on top of that. Um, where there's a, a, an extra supplement to dine from the, the Asian cuisine of East meets West. You've got the steakhouse, which is currently the Lazy J Steakhouse, but will become Cagney's um, in the same way that there is on Norwegian Epic. There's Little Italy, which is the Italian option. There's a teppanyaki room, which is another oh, Norwegian yeah. cruise feature. Um, Jefferson's Bistro is the, the French um, upscale restaurant, which again is another um, Norwegian feature. Shabu Shabu has got more Asian. And then there's a sushi bar for those who, who like their um, oriental food a la bar. Are you a big sushi fan, Simon? Yeah, I'm afraid so. We, we definitely uh, tried that a couple of times, and I, I always enjoy that kind of food. I was going to say, how do you feel about, I, mean, I love me some sushi. How do you feel about cruise, cruise ships? Say that ten times. Yeah, cruise no sh- ship sushi. No shit. Cruise ship sushi. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cruise ship sushi. Yeah, because I mean, you. Uh, it's, it can be hit or miss. Yeah, I mean, you, you've obviously got to have the right people people serving it, and uh, you know the, the the proper expertise in in presenting the the right product. But I must admit, I've always had very good sushi, um, and I'm thinking certainly of, of Norwegian Cruise Line. I'm thinking of Crystal Cruises, who just do absolutely fantastic oh, yeah. sushi. Um, and there's, I think, there's another one that I can't immediately call to mind that's, that I've also had good sushi. And so I can honestly say, you know, I've always enjoyed sushi at sea. Out of all the specialty restaurants. On there. Which one was your personal favorite? Um, I, I have to say, I mean, it's probably an unusual choice, but the, the Little Italy we enjoyed. It was our very last night, um, and it was a very quiet evening in there, um, and we just had really great service. It was just one of those evenings that just everything worked perfectly. Um, the food was very good. It just the whole ambience and the, the style of dining there seemed to work very well, and I think at the end of the week, um, that worked out to be a, a really nice choice for us. I want to hear about the entertainment. I'm really curious, though, if there's any 
anything because I've only been on the Epic. Um, if they if they have anything similar on the Pride of America from Epic. Right. I mean, I think if you've if you've been on Epic, you're going to find um, Pride of America just a little bit um, mundane, yeah. uh, perhaps by by comparison. But that's only because Epic is so spectacular yeah. for their for their entertainment options. You've got very much a traditional style of cruise ship entertainment on board here. The, so there's the, no dueling pianist or blue man group or Cirque no, Cirque type show. No, I'm afraid you're you're, you're back to the the, the usual um, you know big stage productions in the main theater, right? And then live music you know around the ship with a you know a magician show, stand up um, comedy. Comedian, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that kind of thing. Um, you know, again, some emphasis on on local um, entertainment with um, a Hawaiian duo on Hawaiian duo on board um, and Hawaiian music, which you know obviously is in keeping with the area. But generally speaking, I would say the entertainment was far more low key on this ship than, than anything I've been on recently. Let's talk about the ports. I understand you get quite a bit of port time in some of the ports on this itinerary. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the real feature of this cruise, and it, it's something that Norwegian have set their stall out to, to be really dramatic with. And pretty much you get two days, first of all, on Maui. You then go to two different ports on the big island, so effectively you've got two days there. Um, and then you also have an overnight on the final island, which is Kauai. Um, and there you have a full first day there, and then half a day there sailing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and the afternoon sail includes going by the Nepali coast, which is this amazing stretch of coastline with these great mountainous ravines coming right down to the sea. Um, and there are dolphins and whales in the sea around you, and it's, it's just truly spectacular. But, but coming back to the original point, yeah, it's very, very, very much focused on the ports of call, and pretty much two days in each. What's your favorite port? I think we're slightly biased because we finished in Kauai um, and we got um, a very personal tour there from friends of ours who still live on the island um, and we got taken around to see pretty much the locals' view of the island, although we also did Waimea Canyon, which is the big standout attraction there, which everybody should go and see because it's just immense. It's the Grand Canyon of the Pacific. Um, and once you've seen that, you'll you'll soon understand why it gets that that kind of title. But we got a really good, you know, maximum amount of time on the island, and really got to see a lot of it, which we which we absolutely adored. So the cruise comes to an end. You're back at port, and how was disembarkation for you? Well, again, we had, a, I would perhaps say, a slightly atypical experience because we, we were on the concierge level um, of um, accommodation. We were uh, able to have the um, premier disembarkation, which meant we could get off whenever we wanted. Um, and with the ability just to go off you know, fairly early in the day, um, we took advantage of that. So we were off, um, I mean, I guess they... they cleared the ship by 8 o'clock. We were off by 8.45 at the very latest. Um, it was very, very easy, and we walked straight out, picked up our shuttle to, to go uh, back to the airport where we got our rental car for the next couple of days. So the, the smoothness with which every all the ground um, uh, arrangements worked was very notable, um, both for shore excursions and for embarkation and disembarkation. He is the editor-in-chief of World of Cruising magazine, Simon Vaness. A great pleasure talking to you, man. You too, guys. You can catch Simon's day-by-day sea blog where... Time spent at sea.blogspot.com. Yeah, we'll also link to that on the show notes as well. Okay, lovely. Very good. Cheers, mate.
You're very, very welcome. All right, that's going to do it. Don't forget, we have an app. Take Cruise Radio with you wherever you go. And it's free for iPhone users. Yeah, just go to the store and type in Cruise Radio Live, and there you have it. Also, if you have a cruise lover in your life or someone who is maybe on the fence about cruising, be sure to share our episodes. We have like, what is this, 173? This was uh, 174. Yeah, 174 past episodes broadcast from all around the world on different ships and uh, some really good information for you. We're very worldly, very fancy. (laughs) Yeah. And incidentally, for the Droid users, uh, the app is only 99 cents. Also, sign up for our cruise news updates, cruiseradio.net. Just put your name in the upper right-hand corner at the box there. From the Cruise Radio studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Matt Bassford. And I'm Doug Parker. And this is Cruise Radio. Thanks for listening to Cruise Radio. For information on how your company can reach over 100,000 travel enthusiasts a week, email sales at cruiseradio.net. Find Cruise Radio on iTunes, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just search Cruise Radio. I'm your announcer.